Uh, Chuck, can you hear me? Hello. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Great. Um, thank you for joining. How are you? Good, Matthew. Good. Thanks. Thanks for uh, taking time. My pleasure. Uh, welcome to another episode of Off the Dome with Mac Goldstein. Uh, today I'm here with an amazing guest that I spent all night preparing for. Uh, one of the best broadcasters in the business. Uh, current radio announcer for the my favorite team, Chicago Bulls. Um, regular season. Um, one of the most prominent broadcasters in the business, Chuck Swarski. Chuck, it's an honor to have you on the show. Hello? Uh, Chuck? Yeah, Matthew, you know, it dropped, and uh, it was breaking up a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was just saying thank you for having me on the show, that you were in the, one of the broadcast, broadcasters in the business. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining. My pleasure, Matthew. Thank you. Um, so my first question for you is, tell us a bit about your background and what you learned from your experiences to help get you where you're at today with the Bulls. Well, Matthew, I'll be very uh, concise with this, but um, I grew up in uh, Norfolk, Virginia, early in my life. My father was a career United States Naval officer, a great man, man of uh, integrity, character, uh, a man that um, truly loved his country, served his country extremely well. My mom was an elementary school teacher, and so... I learned at a very early age about uh, discipline and about um, task-oriented uh, issues that uh, we were given a lot of chores around the house, and I didn't mind them, by the way. I guess I'm definitely a rarity in, when you're a little boy. You know, you really don't want to do those things, but I kind of absorbed it. And so I wanted to be a sportscaster at the age of five, and uh, I m broke my mother's broomstick when uh, I was around the house and uh, I, I decided that uh, this is what I wanted to do. And so we moved to Seattle uh, in elementary school. My father unfortunately passed away oh, when I was in that. the sixth grade. And uh, there was a radio station uh, in my hometown of Bellevue, Washington. And I uh, walked in one day, said, I'd like to work. And the gentleman said, how old are you? And I said, I'm 12 years old. And he said, well, how would you like to take out the trash and clean records? And I said, sure. And that's how it all started. Um, so I read that you were with the Raptors. Um, you spent a good amount of time. So I read you became a citizen of Canada. And uh, did you expect to finish out your career in Toronto? And what made you want to switch from broadcasting from the Raptors to the Bulls? Well, I did think that I was going to be with the Raptors for the rest of my career. Uh, Toronto was a, a great place, great organization, great ownership, great management. Uh, the people were outstanding. 
but we had some things going on in, and, uh, in my personal situation. And um, obviously, when the Bulls call, it's hard to say no. And so when uh, this opportunity came about and it surfaced and they reached out, I uh, took the job. And, um, you know, I was doing TV in Toronto, radio with the Bulls. And it really doesn't matter whether it's radio or TV. Both are great. And I don't value one over the other at all. And uh, it's been a pleasure uh, working for the Reinstor family. Jerry and Michael is tremendous. And uh, my broadcast partner, Bill Wennington, is fabulous. So I'm, I'm very, very blessed. Uh, that was just going to be my next question. Uh, what's it like working with Bill? And what is your chemistry like on and off the court? Well, it's interesting you should ask that because I remember we did a we did a draft game. In other words, it wasn't on the air. It was a mock game. And it almost like we had worked with each other forever. And we did snippets here and there. We didn't do the whole game. But then the first preseason game we called, it was like, wow, I've been working with this person for years. And I think it's really a credit to Bill. Bill is an incredible person. He is an outstanding analyst, um, has fun on the air, which is important, especially during some lean years. But um, I can't say enough great things about Bill. Uh, what was your best moment with Bill, if you could pick one, like uh, doing video with him? What was your best moment with well, some of the best moments I've had with Bill on the air, um, some some of the 10-second uh, re-drop-ins. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, it's funny because Bill and I have such a, um, you know, an interesting personality. I'm, I'm kind of the straight man, and Bill is the guy <laughs> that can bring out the humor. And so I would say that uh, probably some of the 10-second drop-ins and, um, and also Bill's um, – out cues for going to commercial breaks. They're always fun. Yeah, he's a, a very funny guy on the on the on the, on the radio. You two have great chemistry uh, together. Fun. Let's listen to it. Uh, my next question: uh, You've had some amazing catchphrases uh, like onions, baby onions. Like, where did that come from? Those expressions. Is there like backstory to that? Well, I mean, different broadcasters have used onions over the years, but my excitement when there is a big time shot, you know, you go onions, baby onions, you know, and it just brings out a little bit more of a flair. And um, and so I really, really like that. Um, you don't use it every time, but when there's a big shot, it's great. And so I've kind of you use that line from time to time. Um, and there are others, but, you know, you never can really choreograph or set the narrative before a game because you just don't do that. It's not part of the artistry of calling the game. It just happens organically and naturally. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, what, what was it like uh, doing it in the playoffs? Does it heighten pressure for you or is it fun, like, broadcast those games? Like, in the playoffs. Well, the playoffs, uh, almost like a player, it's a completely different situation. And yet, 
my preparation never has wavered. I go into a game, Matthew, whether it's game number 18 on a snowy night in Cleveland, as the same I would for a game in the Eastern Conference Finals against Miami. So to me, as a broadcaster, you don't let the scoreboard dictate your preparation nor the importance of a game. And sure, I mean, the electricity is different. The edge is different. All these things come into play. But I think as a broadcaster, we owe it to every fan, and I mean every listener who takes the time to make sure the dial is set to Bulls basketball, uh, in this case on 670 The Score, that they receive a broadcast that is, number one, a broadcast of integrity, that it's fresh, that there's energy, that there is communication between us and the listeners. And so all these things come into play. Uh, yeah, I think that's so great that you're trying to do your best to cater to the audience and uh, gain excitement out of that. I am uh, broadcast on radio, amazing play. I get excited. It's amazing. Um, so who is your – this is a tough question, but – who is your favorite Bulls player that you've been around interviewed, and why is that? Well, Matthew, I'm going to give you an answer, and it's probably not a good one, but I'm going to speak from my heart because I appreciate every player. Now, some players are a little bit more outgoing, obviously, and have a, a different personality, so I, I respect that. But there are other players who are to themselves, who are quiet, reserve. And I respect that as well. And so to say, is this guy your favorite, that guy your favorite, is he the best? You know, without question, there are others uh, that I've come across in my NBA and collegiate journey that have a very engaging, uh, welcoming, warm personality. And I get that. And that's fine. And it's great for me because uh, the, the star of the interview is really not me. It's the guest, and that's the way it should right. be always. But, you know, I've had guests on who are very deep thinkers who may not say a lot in terms of a volume of words, uh, but the, the impact of what they say transforms into something of importance. So there's your answer. Uh, oh, that, that's a great answer. I like how you treated everybody equally, like when you were doing radio and all. That's very great. Uh, about the last dance that's uh, just happened, it was a big hit. was like a big worldwide comment during the time uh, for not just Bulls fans, but all sports fans. Uh, what did you think of the last dance? And what did you think of the of this impact that has had during the pandemic? Wow. Well, my thoughts on the last dance, it was great. Um, I thought that, um, you know, it carried us because we miss sports. As we all know, Matthew, you miss sports. I miss sports. Uh, so it was a fascinating journey of looking back during that period of time. Let's be honest. That, that series, The Last Dance, is not done and put together for national TV without Michael Jordan's blessing. If Michael Jordan said, no, there is no last dance, not only on the court, but also off the, I mean, if had NBA entertainment said, Michael, you know, we've got this, 
And I'm sure they revisited this every year, every other year, whatever. And finally he said, okay, let's release it. Well, had he said, no, I don't want this. There is no last dance. Uh, because as much as we love reading, hearing, viewing stories of yesteryear in the great bull's run, the truth of the matter is nothing happens without MJ. And so when I'm watching this, it always came back really to Michael Jordan. And it should, because there were different layers of Jordan going through his off-the-court challenges and struggles, his on-the-court and his high level of intensity and how he competed not only against NBA players, competed against himself, motivated himself with using different elements in the game of basketball and in his personal life to succeed. So that was my, my take. I, I will say this, Matthew. I wish Jerry Krause had been alive right. so he could defend himself or at least present his view of what it was like during that period of time. We have to keep in mind, Matthew, this was 22 years, 22 years after the fact. So when we go back in time, it's easy to look at things now and say, okay, well, I want to talk about what happened 22, 25, 27 years ago. But when you're in that moment, that's how Jordan felt. And that's how Jordan still feels regarding certain you know, issues, um, especially regarding Isaiah Thomas and whatnot. So, <laughs> but I, I, I do think that I wish Jerry Krause had been alive, even if he had declined, at least give him the chance and we'll never know. And I know he apparently has written a, a journal and that journal has been shared with a writer, Casey Johnson, who has published this on NBC Sports Chicago's blog, sports blog. But um, it's one thing to read. It's another I wish we could have had a sit down with him so he could really go over in his view so there was some balance. Uh, how do you think the last dance? I mean, there's some criticism for the way Scotty was portrayed. What are your thoughts on those criticism of that? Well, here's the thing. And Matthew, you know this being around the sports world. Right. That we criticize players when they're transparent and they, they speak from the heart. You know, we, we rip them in the media, and yet they're talking as if this is my view, this is my side, this is how I look at things. Okay, so, but if he were to have given vanilla answers, then we criticize, well, that's Scotty giving the company line, and that's Scotty just talking. He doesn't want to get on anyone's case. So, in my opinion, Scotty Pippen had every right to talk about how he felt. Now, do some people agree or disagree? That's for conjecture. But at the end of the day, Scottie Pippen was, knew he was on camera, knew what was going on. He elected to go that way. And so I'm not going to criticize the man. That's his view. That's how he felt. That's how he still feels to some degree, I guess. And so who is it for me to criticize a man's view when that's coming from his heart and from his soul and how he is expressing his views. Right. I, I agree with you. I 
Scotty Pippen uh, was very somewhat unappreciated. I mean, he would not. Michael would not have won the championships if not for Scotty. Scotty was one of the best defenders. And like when the year Michael left, the first year, he won 55 games and finished second in the league in MVP voting. I mean, he deserved a lot more recognition. I felt. Absolutely. I mean, listen, Scotty Pippen is a Hall of Famer for a lot of reasons. I mean, we aren't talking about just a journeyman player or a guy that was a good player on a great team. He was a great player on a great, great ball club. And I'm glad Michael Jordan acknowledged that. And I know MJ called him out. But again, this is MJ. And he he was the star of this show. And he has every right, as every player does, whether he's the 15th man on a team or whether he's the first. Because one, one word that really irritates me, Matthew, is entitlement. I do not believe in entitlement for anyone. I think there are, every coach, Phil Jackson, was a master Zen motivator. And he knew how to reach the 15th man on a team like he knew how to reach the superstars. Did he spend more time with the superstars? Probably. Did those superstars carry more weight than the 15th man? No question about it. But as far as making sure that 15th man felt valued, that is the key. And to me, that's the sign of not only a good coach, Matthew, that's the sign of a good executive. When an executive in any company, whether they're selling shoes, groceries, insurance, basketball, whatever, can make every employee feel important. Yeah. I agree how everyone part of the know higher together. I, I completely agree with you from that. Um, what are your thoughts on this current run and the season that had? And uh, your thoughts on the future of the franchise? Well, I'm very excited about the future of the franchise. I'm very excited about the young core group. They've got to get better, obviously. Uh, I think to a certain degree, they probably underachieved this year, but in large part because we weren't healthy. And Matthew, as we know, uh, you've got to have your best players healthy because that's how you win ball games. I mean, you know, let's be honest, you've got to have really good players to win. And yet uh, when they're continuing to have issues year after year after year where players are going down with injuries, it's hard to have a system and a rhythm and to, to get a vibe and a feel for players playing off each other and seeing these players develop and seeing how these players mesh. And so when you're you know, having guys, role players, all of a sudden ex- extend their minutes where they're normally playing eight, 10 minutes a game. And now all of a sudden they're playing 25, 27 minutes a game. Well, I mean, that's asking a lot. And it's not a criticism of role players, but it just shows you the importance of really good star players, players that you're counting on to take you from one point to another. So that's where I think the Bulls are at. Uh, I thought out there, I thought quite a great season. Zach being uh, came to another level. Uh, and I thought they had some good wins, and I think they'll be good in the future. Um, is the Anthony bubble? Uh, I heard rumors that happened for in Chicago by competition teams. Uh, is that for sure going to happen? Or I I heard some 
about it. I don't know about it. Honestly, I have no idea. And I think right now the league just wants to get through this bubble in Orlando to get a feel for how things operate and what they can or cannot do. And I'm really at a point where I'm looking at things and saying, okay, let's take one day at a time and let's see how this and how these 22 teams navigate their way through uh, games, play-in games, playoff games, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then we'll probably have a better handle on things. And we also, let's, let's be perfectly candid about this, Matthew. This is also, first and foremost, an issue where we have to make sure that the players and staff members who are in that bubble uh, are healthy and that they're, that is the number one priority. And that's the best thing. One of the great qualities of Adam Silver, and I'm a huge Adam Silver fan, big fan. And he has made health a number one priority. Are these games important? Yes. Do we miss sports? Absolutely. Am I anxious to see basketball? A hundred percent. I miss the game. I miss calling games. I miss everything about the game. But at the end of the day, health is vital. And that is my number one priority. And I know it's the league's number one priority. So let's see how this rolls out. Uh, getting back to Bulls, Zach, what are your thoughts on the new front office side and uh, how much change do you think that will bring to the future of France moving forward? Well, the front office, to me, is off to a great start. And you're probably saying, well, Chuck, what have they done? Well, it's in a sense, what they've done is management is bringing in these people in terms of our, our tourists and Mark, and they're evaluating everything and i mean everything and that's the way it should work and they're taking their time they're showing discipline patience they're evaluating and i love it and they've got a lot of time in front of them obviously i mean we may not play again for a number of months but i these these individuals know exactly what they're doing and i've never met our tourists i've heard great great things about them I do know Mark from my days in Toronto when he worked for the Raptors and prior to that, Nike Canada. And he's really, really good. So I'm very encouraged. I'm, uh, I'm very curious to see how the front office does from uh, I was a great hockey I thought Archie was a great Denver uh, front office role. And I'm thinking Mark Everett. Uh, I think the future is bright. Uh, Getting to the current people, uh, obviously, like you said, players' health is very important. But assuming uh, everybody's healthy, if you had to pick like a favorite in the bottom plan that you win the championship, who would it be? In the East, I like Milwaukee. Um, although, you know, I've been reading reports that Philadelphia is kind of changing things up and they're putting Ben right. Simmons at the four. So that's going to be intriguing. Um, and I don't think you can discount uh, Toronto. And even though they don't have Kawhi Leonard, and I get that, but this is a really good basketball team, and they're very, very, very well coached. And um, I, I like one of those ball clubs. And in the West, you know, these rosters change almost every other day with guys yeah. leaving or guys 
deciding to opt out. But I would think, and again, you know, where we're right now recording this, but what I think, I'm taking the Clippers. Interesting. Why the Clippers? Well, I I like the Clippers' depth. And um, with the loss of Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo, I think it's really going to hurt the Lakers more than they think. And um, I, again, you know, we talk about health for the Bulls. Well, in this tournament, health is of the utmost. And if somebody goes down of significance in, in the playoffs, um, that's going to be huge. And that could determine, you know, whether or not a club advances, whether a club has to go into their bench where they're a little bit thin and can a player who's normally an eighth, ninth guy all of a sudden assume starters minutes. I mean, a lot of, you know, there are a lot of floating parts here, Matthew. Yeah, I, I, I um, in my opinion, uh, I, I like specific because, like, single run from a lot of them. And the JR Smith took off and the uh, and it does provide more point guard responsibilities for LeBron, but I do think uh, he can pull it off. Um, but I do understand your uh, about the Clippers. And under Team West, I think is Houston Rockets. I understand our Westbrook had COVID, but like when he clear uh, protocol, I think they're dangerous. Rated. Would you agree with that aspect, Houston Rockets? Well, Houston, you know, I, I'm Matthew, and maybe you have a better answer than I do. I, I cannot figure out Houston, and I think it's a really good basketball team. Obviously, everyone knows that. I'm, I'm wondering in playoff ball uh, with, the, um, with the defense, what, what we're looking at here. And I, 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 I really don't know. You know, I have not seen uh, a lot of Houston – um, when Covington was acquired, uh, and that was a big trade for them. Um, I, I, you know, there, there are parts of me that I really like the Rockets. There's some other elements where I'm thinking, you know, do they have enough to win um, a round in a finals um, against the Lakers or the Clippers? And I think, yeah, it's, it, it's people are going to listen to this and say, Chuck, are you crazy? You're calling them an X factor when you've got other clubs that could sneak up. But, you know, Bogdanovich is out now with Utah. Major, major, major loss. So I'm not counting on Utah at all. You know, there are other clubs that, you know, could flirt. I think Memphis is a very interesting ball club. Whether or not, when they, if they do hold on to the eighth seed, I'm not sure they can beat the Lakers or Clippers for the number one seed. But um, I do think that um, – yeah, the the Clippers and the Lakers to me are a solid one, two, or two one. However, you want to say Lakers, Clippers, Clippers, Lakers that are going to reach the finals. Yeah, I think I have Milwaukee coming out of the East, uh, but my X factor actually is the Boston South. Oh, they have talent top to bottom. Mark Smart, Gordon Hayward, Campbell Walker. Uh, sleep on that. Pretty. Nice. Well, uh, again, it depends on health, and I don't know how healthy right now Kemba Walker is, but if Boston expects to go far, they need a healthy Kemba Walker, period. Right. Uh, switching gears, uh, getting back to the bigger 
COVID nineteen. I understand the passion job and sport. We know that. Uh, or if you personally, what new ideas or projects have you been doing for the bowl to stay busy for your? Well, you know what, Matthew, I, um, you're you're breaking up a little bit, so I I, I really didn't get the question. I my 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 question was, what are you doing to stay busy uh, during this COVID nineteen um, pandemic for the Bulls? Uh, any new projects or ideas to stay busy? Well, you know what we've um, we we've done some things with um, you know sponsors and whatnot, trying to make sure that they're in the loop on things. And, um, we've talked, uh, quite a bit, you know, I've reached out to, uh, some of the fans that I've had a chance to establish relationships with, um, over the last 12 years since coming to Chicago, uh, as broadcaster for the bulls, because they're very passionate as you are, Matthew. And, um, I've been doing a lot of that. I've been, you know, making sure that I'm staying on top of the 2020 NBA draft. Uh, and for the most part, you know, I'm just like everyone else. I'm trying to stay uh, healthy. Um, and fortunately, that has been the case. I wear a mask everywhere I go. I really don't venture out a lot except for essentials like grocery shopping. Uh, so that's unfortunately, you know, this is the world we live in. But uh, until, you know, things get better, it's going to probably remain status quo. That's uh, very unfortunate. Um, we just have to stay safe, social distance, uh, yes, wear a mask. Absolutely. Right. Um, it's a really weird world we live in. <laughs> um, so my final question for you is, um, what is your biggest advice for any person trying to break into the industry, whether broadcasting or marketing or sales? What's your biggest advice for an aspiring person trying to get into the sports industry? My biggest advice would be to be you. And simple as that, just be you. And when I say that, we all admire people in our industry, whether it's on the air, off the air, whether it's sports executives, coaches, players. And I think that's fantastic because we all need mentors. We all need people who come into our lives and are a plus person. When I say plus, that means that when someone enters your world, Matthew, that you become a better person because that person elected to help you grow and mature and develop, not only in your chosen field, but also as a human being. So when you have those people in your life, then you grow into and you become almost organically um, one of the individuals who feeds off that energy and then you pick up great habits. And But at the end of the day, it's about your personality, your work ethic, your determination, your perseverance, your humility, your gratitude. And so I want people to be them, not me, not anyone else, but themselves. They also have to have a work ethic. If you don't understand that every day you need to bring it, and I don't care if you feel you've had a good day Tuesday, Tuesday is over. You have to worry about Wednesday. 
worry about Wednesday from the standpoint of what can I do better today that I didn't do yesterday? Where do I look at my life and my world and say to myself, okay, you know what? This is what I need to really get after and improve on that I lack. You know, yesterday, I really didn't have a great feel for this project. I need to walk in that door and ask my supervisor, how can I improve? What type of communication must I have? And that's where I'm coming from, Matthew. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I remember when I was at this uh, event, this career fair that you spoke at, is that you're on the clock to get the job you so desperately want. And uh, you, you gave great advice. And I really took a lot from what you said during that career fair last year, um, last January. Well, thank you. You know, I love I love speaking to young people like yourself, because, Matthew, you know what? You are our future and you are um, when I say you, I'm talking about not only yourself, Matthew, but other individuals who have you know, the aspirations of getting into sports, making a career out of sports, making a difference in sports. And you do these things based on the foundation of your values your character, your integrity. So I think that if people want to really get into this, understand that it's not a straight line. There are going to be some good days. There are going to be some bad days. You're going to hear the word no, but you have to take no and turn that into opportunity uh, because life is tough. And I get this. Sports can be tough. Working in professions are tough, but the challenges in front of you are only those challenges if you make them challenges. If you take difficult moments and make it a positive by what you've learned through those moments, then it all works out. Uh, I completely agree. Um, thank you so much for your input of that. Um, thank you so much for joining this podcast, John. It meant a lot to me personally. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out of a busy day to speak with me. My pleasure, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Uh, this will be posted soon on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, thank you all for listening. Hope you guys have a great day. Stay safe. Um, thank you.